Help support local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order and they call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Eno Saris, who writes all sorts of different baseball stories for The Athletic, ranging from how the neutral site for MLB's postseason could affect the natural landscape or playing field, maybe even the integrity of the postseason, as well as grading some of the best pitchers on their pitches in baseball on a new metric that he wrote about last week here in The Athletic. You might be surprised to hear that Johnny Cueto has got one of the best pitches in all of baseball this season. It's Monday. September 28th. Always fun when we can talk to our resident, I don't know, do we call you a sabermetrician? I don't know, I'm like a reporter from the community. Uh, <laughs> as a saber magician myself, You're like a, I'm uh, actually not a community activist. quant. Yes, exactly. I just cover the space, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, you know, my math skills are not actually that amazing. Just enough to kind of understand what, what people smarter than me are talking about. Well, you wrote a fun piece last week, and and this has been a, a growing. I don't know if it's debate is the the right situation, but about the quality of a pitch, and there was a statistic thing about the the metric and the owning the right to the I don't know the saber metric that is the QOP and a bunch of that. But I want to talk more about the actual quality of pitches in baseball this year because you wrote a fun piece last week about who has the best pitch in baseball right now. And you ranked them kind of four seamers to curveballs to changeups. And the thing that stuck out to me the most when reading this piece is that Johnny Cueto, you had rated as the best changeup in baseball. Is that right this year? Yeah, he's still got it. You know, in terms of movement and velocity, there's some release point stuff in there. And, you know, based on the physical qualities of the pitch, it's the best changeup in baseball. That's what the the model spit out. And I think that it's hard to say that's wrong. I mean, I you know, I think other names you might come up with are like Luis Castillo, maybe Dallas Keuchel. Uh, there's a young guy in Florida named Sixto Sanchez. Aaron Nola has a good one. But... Um, you know, Cueto's come really far in his career, and a lot of it's, it started with that changeup. Well, the other thing that's funny about it is when you look at your ranking of these best changeups, you've got Cueto at the top, Tyler Clippard, who we've known for a long time, has pitched off of that kind of big looping sort of EFIS change that he's got. It's real good. Down to Danny Duffy, who you rank as, as number six or who, what the model ranks. But Johnny Cueto threw 286 changeups, ranked higher than anybody else in baseball, which because there's more data – what goes into deciding who's the best? Is it you're talking release point? Is it swing and miss stuff? Is it velocity? Is it where the plane of the changeup starts and finishes? What goes into this? You know, it's really interesting. I think plane stuff is a way that we can maybe improve it because there is something about the release point and uh, how the batter sees it and how it comes into the uh, plate. It's called like approach angle. There is something there about the relationship between that approach angle and how batters hit and certain 
pitches that are harder to hit just because if you think about Dick Josh Hader, he throws a pitch from way out like sidearm, so it's really low, but he kind of throws it like a four-seamer, so it kind of pops up on you. So it comes from low and pops up on you and is 97 or something. That's part of why Josh Hader is so amazing. So I think we could probably improve it that way. The nice thing about the way that we've done it is by focusing on the physical properties of the pitch, you don't actually need 286 pitches. I tried to group the biggest ones so that we just had players that we knew but you know sort of 10 15 20 pitches in you know the physical properties of a pitch that's repeatable that's what the the pitcher is doing over and over again they they can actually repeat movement really well you know so that's why i kind of got into this sort of train of thought from the beginning is maybe we can kind of tell how good a pitch is outside of location first and say if this guy changes his location strategy or if he improves his command or something uh he could be better Cueto knows what to do with his changeup, and I got a, a moving picture in here of him doing a right-on-right right changeup, and I love it when he does that. When he throws a, a changeup inside to a righty, that's uh, kind of innovative. You know, It's not something that people used to do forever. A changeup was what you threw to left-handers. To get him to fade away and, and chase on it, right. Exactly, but if you throw it inside to a righty, they'll swing over the top of it and it'll hit their shoe tops. So that's something Cueto does a lot, and uh, I think he's a maestro, man. I, I really enjoy watching him with all the different deliveries, uh, all the deception he's got. He really controls the running game well. I think he's an underrated guy in the pantheon of sort of historical pitchers. He uses pitching, and, and maybe it's because of the the era that he pitches in, right? Like in the time that he pitches right now, I think all of that plays a role in his deception and that he's there's not a lot of guys out there like him and I think too I'm looking at the the list of the best fastballs in baseball and it's funny you see a guy like Taiwan Walker or Walker Bueller up at the top those guys throw really hard they've got good spin rates and it's not a a surprise that those guys are getting swing throughs and they've got a a live fastball but number six on the list is Kyle Hendricks who's a guy who like tops out at 86 miles an hour and they call him the modern day Greg Maddox which dude I've always thought is a total slap in the face to Greg Maddox because while Kyle Hendricks is (laughs) is all uh, location and soft stuff and and uh, being creative with his pitch selection it's nothing like what Greg Maddox used to do the numbers he used to put up yeah one of the surprising things that came out of this was that a ride was more important than velocity velocity was the second most important feature of a pitch for fastballs you know I couldn't believe it at first but now when I think about teams like the Rays and the Dodgers different teams that are on the forefront of this kind of research they have tons of ride and ride is basically just Whenever you see a four-seamer kind of jump on a hitter, where you get those weird reactions to a four-seamer from a hitter, you know, the spin on a four-seamer can counteract gravity. It doesn't actually, you know, when you throw a beach ball and the beach ball actually goes up, you know, when you're trying to throw it forward and it goes up because of the spin, that's sort of happening on a baseball because the baseball's heavier. It won't actually go up. It just counteracts gravity. And so it jumps up on a hitter. That is one of the things in baseball that I think the most forward-looking teams are looking for. And that's what makes Kyle Hendricks' fastball almost as good as, as Walker Bueller's in a way because he has a ton of ride. And uh, so does Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller just happens to throw his 97. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Fun stuff talking about the pitch selection or how guys use it. Let's get to some stuff that's just like more easy for me to understand, I guess, like for the for the lay person <laughs> here. And that's simply that the playoffs are here and they've got a new playoff structure. You had a piece about this last week as well about which teams are going to benefit the most from playing like in neutral sites. I think it's hilarious that the Texas Rangers are not going to be the first team to host a playoff game in their brand new home <laughs> ballpark. But the National League teams are going down to Texas. The American League teams are going down to Southern California. I look at this and I go, man, 
maybe the Toronto Blue Jays have the best odds of doing this just because they haven't played in a home ballpark really all season long, man. Yeah, home field advantage is a moving target. It seemed like home field advantage was totally dead this year, but then it kind of came back a little bit. But it's also complicated by teams playing away games at home right? Yeah. and different people count them in different ways. So I would say that there's less home field advantage than usual. The crowd matters. There's a great piece up on ESPN from Sam Miller about what the crowd can actually do. The crowd can actually function as a space heater. You know, there's a bunch of people creating warmth. They can distract players. They can distract umpires. They can force umpires into bad calls. So, you know, all that is out. And so home field advantage will be much smaller. And so then it becomes much more about the quality of teams. But, you know, there's also the structure of the playoffs is different. There's no off days, you know, for a lot of them. You got to pitch your fourth and fifth pitchers. I think that'll really hurt a team like the Blue Jays, who have like maybe three or four really good pitchers and are struggling to kind of put a whole staff together. And I love their young hitters, and I think they're on the way up. But a team with a larger staff, like I think the Padres, you know, Dodgers have a lot of depth. Those teams, I think, will might win out in the end. Well, you know, I appreciate the time today, man. It's always fun to check in with you. You're writing all sorts of different stuff from the plane of different pitches to which team has got a better advantage <laughs> to how to win a, a legal patent, I guess, uh, if you come up with an idea on a, a pitch saber metric. But uh, we'll keep reading you in The Athletic. We'll follow you at Eno Saris on Twitter. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me. Great conversation with Eno Saris, and yeah, the uh, the neutral site for the MLB postseason certainly going to play a factor this year. We'll see who that impacts, if anybody at all, and, and again, just still so funny to me that the Texas Rangers do not get to host a, well, the first playoff game in their new ballpark's history. The first playoff game that will be played there will not be by the team who owns the ballpark, so uh, funny stuff, and the A's, I guess, are hoping that they can get into the bubble. After they finish up a three-game series, they're going to host the Chicago White Sox, and of course, as we found out, following the Giants' loss on Saturday, tough weekend for them. They are not getting into the dance this year. That is all done, though I, I think you'd have to call it a, um, a successful season for the Giants overall, finishing a game under 500. They just could not get over that hump in this final month of September. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the update, you can receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash update to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Special thanks to Eno Saris. Thank you to Brian, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment. Let us know what you're thinking about the podcast. Any stories you want to hear in the future as well. We're trying to cover all the best stuff here in Bay Area sports, which means we'll be talking to May's baseball. We'll get into the playoff picture a little bit later this week, as well as the 49ers are coming home from New York and from the East Coast. They'll be home for the next three weeks. They get the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles who tied the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. So uh, we'll talk a little 49er football later in the week and of course the MLB postseason which gets underway tomorrow thank you to everybody who was listening enjoy the week and we will talk to you guys on Wednesday